I'm Leanne Spencer, founder of Body Shop Performance Limited, author, TEDx speaker, and your host. This is the Remove the Guesswork podcast, the show where I interview influential people in the health and fitness industry to bring you the latest ideas on how to optimize your mind, body, and well-being. Hello, and welcome back to the Remove the Guesswork podcast. I'm Leanne Spencer, your host. And this week, we're talking all about sugar. It's my one remaining vice. I'm just about getting on top of it, mainly due to a candida infection that I discovered after recording my podcast episode with Dr. Christine Roche a few weeks ago. And my guest this week to talk all about sugar is Laura Bolton. Laura's a peak performance diet coach. She's a speaker. She's created a beautiful recipe book. She's also an author. And she's really passionate about empowering others to upgrade their diet and lifestyle so they can thrive. And a lot of what she does is based on her own experience, as is often the case with us health coaches. So we talk a bit about what that personal experience is, why she now has a predominantly paleo-based diet, why she thinks sugar is so very bad for you. And maybe that's a controversial opinion. I mean, some people think it's the devil's own delight, and for others, it's a sweet treat to be enjoyed every now and again. But many of us have a real problem with sugar. So in this episode, we're going to explore what are the issues around sugar? What are the health risks about over-consuming sugar? Where are the unlikely places that you might find it? And I think there may be a few surprises there for you. So this was really interesting. Very interesting to me personally, because I've been pretty much sugar-free for the last seven weeks in an effort to shift this candida infection. So I've struggled with sugar and I still do. Even seven weeks of near abstinence has not really deafened its allure to me, but I know what the health risks are. And and this was really interesting. So I hope you enjoy the episode. You can contact Laura at upgradedpaleo.com. So that's upgraded, P-A-L-E-O dot com. That's her website and you can find out all about her program. She's created a discount code for us as well for our online program, which we'll put in the show notes. So if you're interested in doing that, jump in the show notes, click on the link and away you go. Enjoy the episode. Laura, we have finally made it. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good uh, to be here. It's great to have you here. It's for the benefit of anyone watching or listening, as we're recording live to Facebook as well as recording this podcast, we have had, I don't know, maybe six attempts at doing this. Yeah, there's been quite a few. <laughs> yeah, it has been a lot. So anyway, we won't waste any time going through the dramas of that. Yeah, but we're here now. Yeah. So it's, it's great to have you. Now, let's get stuck straight in and introduce you to anyone who's watching and listening. <laughs> I'm imagining you didn't want to be a health coach when you were young. Um, no. <laughs> my personal experience and the experience of the people I've talked to in this industry is there's been quite a, a muddled, sort of slightly chaotic journey usually. What's yes. your story? Yeah, there is always a story, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I never intended to be a health coach. It really started a few years ago. I had progressively worsening symptoms. I wasn't ill, like seriously ill, but I had just a multitude of symptoms that are actually quite common, although not normal. Mm. Digestive issues. I was getting sick all the time with ear, nose and throat infections. I had problems with my energy. I was getting tired a lot. Mm. I had skin issues like eczema. And also quite worryingly, I had really bad mood. So I'd get very anxious. I'd get very low mood, feel quite depressed, have Mm. mood swings. And there wasn't really a reason for it. I didn't have like terrible life circumstances or anything like that. It felt like a sort of biological thing that was going on. And what were you doing for a living at the time? I was working in corporate in change management, learning and development and exec coaching. So yeah, quite a busy, you know, busy job. Yeah. And I worked long hours, but there was something more to it. And I knew there was, and I would go to the doctor and they would want to give me pills, you know, pills and creams for the eczema. They wanted Mm. to give me, they were constantly giving me antibiotics, Mm. which I didn't realize at the time was quite damaging or very damaging for my gut. 
And then it got to the point where they wanted to give me antidepressants because of my low mood. And at that point, I thought, no, this isn't right. And it was around that time that I discovered functional medicine and a guy called Chris Kresser, also someone called Mark Hyman. Mm -hmm. So they're both functional medicine practitioners. They're amazing. And I started to really learn about the functional medicine approach, which is to look at the root cause of why these things are happening, because there's always a root cause. And typically it's from the gut, isn't it? Typically, yeah. I mean, most things stem from the gut. So the gut dysfunction and mitochondrial dysfunction Mm. as well. So mitochondria being the little energy factories that we have Mm. in our cells, which are linked to the gut as well. And when you say about Mark Hyman and Chris Kresser, we'll link to both those sites in the Mm -hmm. show notes. Did you actually meet with them? Did you speak with them? Did you consult with them? No, I was not content? fortunate enough to do that. They're pretty, uh, they're pretty sort of yeah, well-known and unreachable, yeah. but their websites are amazing, the content. Yeah. And I read a book called The Paleo Cure, which is what the book that Chris Cresser wrote. Mm-hmm. And it was through that that I learned about the power of the gut and the influence of diet and lifestyle mm. on that. And so I then went paleo. I did a paleo reset diet. Just explain paleo for us. Okay, so paleo is really the sort of original, it's the name given to the original human diet. So it's the hunter-gatherer diet, the kinds of foods that we ate before the agricultural revolution about 12,000 years ago. Mm. So, what sort of foods? So no grains. So that's one of the main things that, that you avoid. So it's mainly meat, fish, eggs, nuts, seeds, lots of vegetables, healthy fats, whole fruits that kind of thing. Mm. So that's kind of the paleo template. And then you can have variations within that and you can tweak it to personalize it, which is Chris Cress's approach. But yeah, it's really avoiding the foods that we only started eating post-agricultural revolution about 12,000 years ago. Mm. And by doing that, I healed my gut, boosted my mitochondrial function. And within about three months, my symptoms had all pretty much gone. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And then I realized how powerful diet and the gut is on our overall, not just physical health, but our emotional mental health as well. So loads of diets that have been propounded around by various different experts. What was it about the paleo diet that cooked you? I think it was just reading about, understanding about the effects of different foods on the body and understanding the history of how we're actually wired to eat. Mm. And then discovering this community of people around the world who had all changed their diet in this way and seen the same kind of results that I was looking for. Right. So after reading Chris Cress's book, I was kind of sold and I highly recommend it if anybody's suffering from any kind of health issues. Mm. It's a fantastic book because it really explains the effect of foods on our health and mm. actually why that is and how we can actually go about changing it. Yeah, we'll link to that book. So, mm-hmm. so when did you make the move then from ending your career in change management and exec coaching to what you do now? And tell us about what you do now as well. Yeah, it was a bit of a transition. I mean, it kind of all sort of started around three years ago and it was a, a bit of a transition. I had a bit of time off. I did some traveling. Lots of things happened in between. But I, yeah, I'm now helping other people to make the same changes that I made. Mm. So predominantly to diet, but also lifestyle factors. So things like managing stress, improving sleep, looking at the type of movement that they're getting, and Mm. also any kind of environmental toxicity. But the core of what I do really is diet and helping them to make those changes and really clean up their diet and heal their gut and boost their mitochondrial function. Because the reality is, whilst it sounds quite simple, and it is simple in theory, it's actually very difficult 
I know from going through that experience, it's very difficult to actually implement it mm. and make it a sustainable part of, of your life, particularly considering in the current world, everywhere we look, there's sugar, everywhere we look, there's processed food, mm. and you know that kind of cultural thing as well of eating these foods. So it can be very challenging to actually make those changes, particularly if you're a busy person and you've got a lot mm of other things going on yeah. um, in your life. It's a huge shift to make. Well, it is. People. And I was really interested in doing this and persevering because <laughs> sugar is the one, I would say it's my one remaining vice. Yeah, as I, is with most people. <laughs> yeah, and you're right. It's very difficult to get away from. If you haven't planned well, your fast food options, your immediate options are going to be sugar-based, going to be refined carbohydrates mm -hmm. and or sugar. Yeah. And it's quite difficult to get away from that. It's perfectly possible, but it can be tricky. It is. Those foods can be very addictive. The whole environment is quite obesogenic now in that we've got labor-saving yes. devices. We don't move very much anymore. The foods that are readily available to us are very sugar-based. So yeah, I thought sugar would be a really interesting one from a personal perspective. And I know from looking at what kind of content people consume most on our platforms, that sugar alcohol and coffee are the top yes. three things that my audience is interested in mm -hmm. so I thought it'd be really great to get you on interestingly as well I did a podcast episode with Dr Christine Roche about three weeks ago again we'll link to that in the, the show notes and prior to that episode and if you know Dr Christine she was recommended to me by Ryan Munsey also a guest on the show and she's a very renowned gut health specialist over mm -hmm. in the US I did a stool test with her we got the results from it. And it turns out that I've got a candida infection. Uh -huh. I say got. I'm really hoping I haven't got much of it left. Yeah. But I did have as of seven weeks ago. And that obviously is caused by and fed by sugar. Yes. So I have had to, in the last seven weeks, really cut down on my sugar. <laughs> cut out, stroke cut down. Mm -hmm. So I know how hard it is to do. Yeah. Um, it is a real battle. I haven't found that it's got much easier. Okay. And the thing with candida is, and I was put right on this by another future guest on this podcast... Um, who's a holistic dentist, who said, actually, you can tell for the presence of candida by, for example, sticking your tongue out. But I, I said to her at the time, you know, if I had this sort of big wound on my arm and I could see it healing, yeah. it would give me incentive yes. to carry on. But with candida, you don't really know whether it's gone or not. No. So yeah, you um, can't quite see it. Although I think if you're doing, you know, if you are cutting out sugar and you're doing the right protocol, you will probably be, yeah. you know, getting rid of it because it's shown that those protocols work yeah i mean i haven't been 100 it's been i'd say 80 to 90 percent good so okay. i'm hoping that's <laughs> enough but anyway because i know that you've got a, a challenge coming up which we'll talk about later on mm -hmm. but why have you focused particularly on sugar because a lot of your social media content recently has been very sugar based what's driving that is it because that's what your audience wants yeah is it a personal thing or it's both i think it's it's a couple of reasons really number one it is the thing that is affecting people the most it's an epidemic you know, if we look at the foods that people are consuming and the health and performance issues that people are suffering from, most of those are being driven at their root cause by sugar. Mm. So it's a huge, huge problem. And I think it's the one thing that if people could solve, could fix within their diet, they would see a dramatic difference mm. in how they look and feel. But also for me personally, I used to be quite a sugar addict and that was one of the main reasons why I had the issues that I had because sugar hugely affects the gut and the mitochondria. It creates, you know, a whole host of issues. And that was really the main cause of what was going on for me and what mm. drove my symptoms. So, yeah, so I have that personal connection to it, but also I see 
just people everywhere suffering from the same stuff. Mm. And sugar is a huge, it's probably the main cause of those issues. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so what are the issues around sugar? What does it do to us when we consume it? Gosh, where to start? There's so many things that it does. I mean, for one, you know, for one, it can cause, contribute towards leaky gut. So it can actually damage our gut lining. And if we have leaky gut, as you'll know, things get into the bloodstream that really shouldn't be there. Mm. And that triggers our immune response. And then that leads to a whole host of issues, chronic low-grade inflammation within the body. It can lead to autoimmune conditions. And ultimately, inflammation is the root cause of most chronic illness. Mm. So maintaining the integrity of our gut lining and maintaining a healthy gut is critical. So that's one of the things that it can do, particularly fructose, actually. So if you're consuming high fructose products, so in junk fruit, but also fruit juice, that can cause it as well. So people often think fruit juice is really healthy, but it actually can damage our gut and it also Mm. affects our liver. So it's not kind of the healthy food that it's made out to be. No, I heard it described to me as mainlining sugar into your bloodstream. Yeah. And, and actually, the interesting thing is when you do try and go on a sugar elimination or sugar cut down sugar diet, is you start looking at the sugar content of food and you will be amazed. Anyone listening or watching, just, oh. just start looking, make a habit, even if you still consume it, make a habit of looking at the sugar content of food and you'd be amazed how This high is one it of is. my favourite things. The smoothies I'm and a, juices yeah. and prep yesterday, I thought, can I get away with having a green smoothie? No, I absolutely cannot. It's got more sugar than the cake. I know label checking is a bit of a a geeky thing of mine and you know it's not just also you know if you look at labels you'll see you'll start to see how like you say you'll start to see how much sugar there is Mm. in things and it's it's amazing but also there are things like our starchy carbs so the stuff that everyone loves the pastas the bread the bagels the baked potato the rice those things actually when our body breaks the starch down basically turns into sugar so there are things, for example, like, like a baked potato, which I used to think was really healthy because it was, you know, low fat and I would have that for my lunch. A good sized baked potato or jacket potato actually is equivalent to about 20 teaspoons of sugar. Mm. Wow. So when I was so having my jacket... process makes it even... Yeah, it's, sugary, your, it? it's just starchy carbs. So when yeah. your body breaks it down, so, you know, things like, they're called the beige carbs, right? So you have your white carbs, which are the classic sugars, but then your beige carbs as well. All of these things, these beige things that we eat. And actually, most people I speak to, particularly people that I work with, their diet is predominantly those foods. Mm. So they're basically just consuming sugar. Yeah. But not in, in a way that would necessarily be obvious to someone that wasn't in the know. No, it's not obvious. And I, I know because it used to be me. So yeah. I, I, I would love so a potato at lunch yeah, and, and, and at three o'clock. Absolutely. So in the morning, I would have granola with yogurt and yeah. some honey There's because I thought that was really, really healthy. And then with that, I would also have a slice of wholemeal toast with crushed, like squashed banana on and a glass of juice. Wow. And I thought that that's kind of what's considered to be the classic, oh, you know, that's quite a healthy breakfast. But I actually added up recently, totaled up what that breakfast gave me in terms of sugar. And it was 30 teaspoons of sugar. Jeez. And that's what most people have. That's what a lot of people have for breakfast. And, and isn't a teaspoon about four grams of sugar? A teaspoon is four grams or, so a, or a sugar cube. That's a lot of grams So yeah, of one sugar. teaspoon, four grams. It's a huge amount. But, and then I'd have my jacket potato, which would be another... 20 and then because I'd been so good I'd have a a chocolate muffin in the afternoon which was another like 15 yeah 
So when you added it up, I was probably having like 50, 60 teaspoons of equivalent of sugar a day. And I thought I had a healthy diet. Yeah. And this is the trap that most people are falling into. And also when you're eating those foods, what you're doing is you're, you're filling your stomach up with things that aren't very nutrient dense. And you're taking up that space in your stomach that you could be taking up with vegetables that are mm. giving you lots of nutrients and fiber because vegetables also give us carbohydrates. They're the third type of carbohydrate, which is called the green carbohydrates. So you still get carbs, but they're fibrous carbs and they give you lots of nutrients, feed your gut microbiome, and it's essential for our health. So mm. by cutting out those foods, you actually get a double benefit because you have to replace them with something. Yeah. And if you replace them with vegetables and healthy fats, then you're onto a, onto yeah. a, a winner. I found when I gave up sugar, firstly, you realize how you use it. Yeah. which is as a treat, mm-hmm. feeling stressed. Yeah. But mainly, I do eat really healthily, but if I just want to grab something quickly so that I can crack on, I'll use it just as a, I'll just grab that, and just as, almost as a staving off, semi-conscious stave off of hunger yeah. so I can press on. So if yeah. really you tune into how you use these things when you have to cut them out because you think, oh, well, I can't grab that. You, you've got to eat more real food. Of course, and we're so, so used to We're kind of conditioned to this stuff, like even things like having breakfast cereal, we're not designed to eat breakfast cereal. Like we never used to, you know, our ancestors oh, didn't it's eat. It's full of junk. And it they is. have to re-fortify it with, with vitamins and minerals. Yeah. I mean, it's they take very, it out, yeah. strip it down to its, its purest, well, not, not pure in that sense. I know. It's the most basic component and then re-fortify it with vitamins and minerals. It's, put it in a box yeah. and put an animal on the front and... I know. I know. I mean, the honey monster. I mean, <laughs> sugar puffs. I mean, it's just... Yeah. A, sometimes I wonder how it's actually still allowed to happen but we all know what yeah happens with the food industry but but yeah we're consuming so many of these foods and in you know and our children as well you know are consuming these foods and what's happening is when we're consuming these foods on a regular basis we're elevating our blood sugar constantly which means that our body's constantly having to produce insulin mm. and that creates inflammation in the body and as i said earlier inflammation is the root cause of most of our our health issues mm. So it's really inflammation coming in? Is it from, from hyperinsulinemia? So too much insulin in the blood? Yeah, it's too much insulin in the blood. I mean, it can cause damage to our cells. You know, if we're having high fructose, it can cause issues with our liver and our liver like starts to, you know, store fat. I mean, there's a whole host of issues that it, that mm. it causes. And as I said earlier, it can, you know, affect the gut as well. So we really want to try and get a stable blood sugar throughout the day. Mm. And what that will also do is give us consistent energy. Yeah. Because as you know, right, what happens is a sugary cereal. And then a couple of hours later, we're, we've got a bit of an energy slump and we're hungry again. So then we, we will have something sugary to perk us up again. And we're artificially perking ourselves up all the time. What's happening is we've constantly got elevated blood sugar. Yeah. And as you said earlier, sugar is highly addictive. Sugar carbs and starchy carbs are very, very addictive. They're addictive in terms of the fact that in our brain, they create dopamine, mm. but also our gut microbiome. So particularly if we have like candida, you know, that feeds and craves sugar. Yeah. So we kind of have this biological addiction. And often people say to me, oh, I'm, I'm eating these foods because I'm, you know, emotionally addicted to them. And actually, most people aren't emotionally addicted to these foods. They're biologically addicted to them. Mm. Your body craves them because it's addicted, yeah. just like any other drug. Yeah. And sugar is eight times more addictive than cocaine. So wow. no wonder it's so hard to get off it, right? Yeah. 
So how did you do it? How did you find it? Was it a relatively easy transition because you were super motivated? What was your experience? I think I was motivated because I wanted to get rid of the issues that I had. And often it's sad, but this is normally what happens. People wait until they have serious symptoms and then they're motivated to actually change their diet rather than do it before it gets to that point. But it's human nature, isn't it, really, to see how far you can take something. Yeah. And only when faced with the stark reality that, say, from my experience of alcohol, you know, you've got two paths here. This one is not palatable to you. You've times up. And it was the candida that was the only trigger because I've got no fillings, no body fat that I'm wishing to part with. And I test my blood sugars every three months and they're fine. So I have no incentive, really, I mean, apart from information, which I was aware of and, and yeah. knowing I was having too much sugar, but the candida was the right, okay, I don't want that festering away in my gut. So that for me was, was enough of a motivation. Yeah, absolutely. I think because I had that motivation, I did a paleo reset. So it was like a 30 day. So in my mind, I was like, right, I've just got to do it for 30 days mm. and kind of cut that sugar out. I mean, I did still have, I didn't have candida. So I did still have fruits, only whole fruits, but all artificial sugar and all the sort of starchy beige carbs when you do paleo they go out the window immediately because those are foods that are not natural in that diet so by doing that you automatically start to consume a high number of vegetables my diet was predominantly vegetables plus some protein and healthy fats Mm. and actually once you actually detox from it once you go through those first few days of feeling terrible because you're going through the detox after a couple of weeks, I started to feel better. And I think it's when you start to feel better, it yeah. motivates you to yeah. keep going. And now when I look at a sugary cake, I just see, I used to look at my sugary cake and think, oh, that looks lovely. Like, mm, oh, I really I'm want it. There. I'm like, yeah. But now I, I look know. at it and I think, because I know what it does mm. and I know how it makes me feel. I look at it and I think, oh, that's just a headache, an energy crash, and a tummy ache waiting to happen. Yeah. So it doesn't really appeal to me. Once in a while, I'll have something like that. I mean, I'm not mm. 100% paleo saint. I stick to really, you know, natural foods, high vegetable diet. But occasionally, you know, I'll have something like that. But I know how I'm going to feel afterwards. So yeah. I do it. So you're bracing I'm for doing it. it. I'm making an informed choice. Yeah. For me, that's what's the most important thing for anybody around diet. Eat what you want you know do whatever you want but do it from an informed place Mm. and for me personally I don't believe it's fair that so many people are eating foods that they even think are doing them good that are actually doing them harm yeah and there is definitely this mentality at the moment still around things like pasta and baked potatoes and fruit juice and granola and cereals actually being really positive for our health and they're really not at all but I can see how people are are getting fooled or not Mm. even fooled but just beguiled because you put a tractor and a farmer on the front of of things and it's in some of the really nice brand cereals that have got organic and whole grain whole grain it's still very sugary (laughs) you know so I can see how people are trying they're not buying Kellogg's they're buying let's not name a brand but one of these good quality muesli yes. brands, yeah. expensive organic and so on, but it still contains a lot of sugar. It still does contain a lot of sugar and also the starchy beige carbs again, which yeah. we're not really designed to eat. And anybody who has removed those things from their diet and started eating more vegetables and more fats knows the difference. Mm. I've never met a single person who feels worse from making those changes yeah. in terms of their body and their mind. So 
it's conditioning, it's marketing, it's the food industry, and it's absolutely everywhere you look. Mm. And I have conversations with people all the time who say, no, I've got a really healthy diet. And when I look into actually what they're eating, it is very dominant in these beige, mm. starchy, yeah. sugary carbs. And they think that it's doing them good. So we've got a few minutes left. Let's talk about a couple of things. Firstly, what tips would you give people who are looking to cut down or reduce their sugar? Yeah, I would say one of the things that I found really helpful, and I know clients find helpful, is rather than just trying to avoid, actually look at what it is you're eating. So by trying to make each of your meals three quarters vegetables. So don't worry about, okay, I'm trying to avoid X, Y, and Z. Just make three quarters of your plate, three quarters of your meal vegetables. Make Mm. your diet vegetable dominant. You know, start to learn how to, I mean, vegetables, there's so many vegetables, you know, get out to your local market, have a look at these vegetables, start to learn how to cook them and how Mm. to eat them. And there's so many different ways that you can do that and enjoy them rather than just, you know, boiling them because everyone thinks of that and it's very boring. But there are so many ways that you can enjoy vegetables. So I think definitely making a variety of vegetables, you know, a, a plate of rainbow colored mixed vegetables making that the predominant part of your food yeah is a great way to actually avoid these other foods that we really want to try and avoid yeah so i think that's a really good way of doing it i think the second thing is to try and just eat real food in general so avoiding anything in a packet Mm. so if you avoid food in a packet you pretty much avoid all sugary you know most sugary foods certainly the artificial foods you know the cereals the bagels the bread all of these things they're processed foods Mm. so by avoiding things in a packet and just trying to focus on real food I know it's easier said than done but that is the easiest way to just eliminate those foods if it's in a packet and it's got a label you can guarantee nine times out of ten it's got Mm. sugar or a lot of starchy carbs in it so I think those are really the two big things that I would say. Um, what I've started having for do. breakfast is spinach, avocado, smoked salmon, yeah, that kind of thing. It doesn't fill me up for that long, but that's a really healthy, you know, oh, what I try and do is get vegetables on the plate from two of my three meals as a minimum, yeah, if not all three. The other thing that's worked for me as well is having a three token rule. So three tokens a week to have something sugary, mm-hmm. whether it's a chocolate bar, a cake, a flapjack, whatever it is, three a week. And it does make you think, because if you used a token on, mm-hmm. let's say it runs Sunday to Saturday, you used a token on Monday and Wednesday, and you're having a pastry on a Thursday morning, and I you know, perhaps might have said, oh, well, I'll have one as well. But I won't if it's my third token, because I'm not yeah. going to have something that I'm not that bothered about, and then that's yeah. really done. So yeah. it's actually, it sounds a bit Mickey Mouse and a bit kiddie, but that's worked really well. Yeah. It does make you think mindfully, do I really want to use my token on that thing? Yeah. Or actually, I'm only having it because Laura is. Yeah. So that's worked well for me as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Talk to us about your course, your challenges coming up. Oh, yeah. So I have a program. It's a group program that's starting on Monday, the 2nd of July. And it is called 30 Days to Sugar-Free Living. So it's really taking people as a group through a process of eliminating sugar. So detoxing from sugar itself so there's a 10-day detox as part of that because if you're eating lots of sugar you really need that to break that biological addiction and 10 days is all it takes but then also beyond that to learn 
how to live a lower sugar lifestyle because it's not realistic to just never have sugar ever, ever again. Mm. Low sugar lifestyle is possible. So really helping people to understand how they can do that and really integrate it into their lives. And the reason it's a group program is that when you're trying to make dietary changes, and you'll know this yourself, it's very, very difficult if everybody around you is not in that same boat. And people, I found from my own personal experience that people would try to throw me off Mm. course as well. So they try and encourage me, like, go on, have a donut. It's so-and-so's birthday. And I say, well, I'm getting rid of that stuff. Like, I'm changing my diet. Oh, yeah, but you've got to treat yourself. You know, Mm. you only live once. And the irony of that statement is crazy. So there's a real sort of general mindset around these things being a treat and being a good thing to have. So being able to have a supportive community where you're doing it together I find is really effective. So yeah, that's the program. Sounds cool. So there's a 10 day detox and then it's about reintegrating or managing sugar intake for the rest of the program. Plus you've got the support of everyone around you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's 30 days in total. So yeah, in that time you detox from sugar and you actually learn how to live a life that is low sugar so that you can continue to see the benefits and you can really thrive. And is it based on paleo principles? Yeah. I mean, it's based on, it's loosely. Yeah. I mean, it's based on eating real food. Yeah. Cutting out the, the sugar and the starchy carbs. And then it's a template so people can eat, yeah. you know, various different things within that. But yeah, for the detox, certainly eliminating anything that has an effect on your blood sugar, because that's what's going to allow you to detox. And it's the same approach that is used by Mark Hyman. He has actually has a book, which is called The Blood Sugar Solution, which is all about sugar and detoxing from sugar. So it's the same detox approach that he uses. Yeah. Okay, cool. How much does it cost and how can people get onto the program? So there's an early bird offer at the moment, which is 295. Okay, so 295 and you'll allocate a code, which will be in the show notes and post in the comments when anyone's watching. Okay, and what's the URL? Where do they go to sign up? Oh, it's actually on, we can put the link. It's actually on the, my upgraded paleo Facebook page. Okay, cool. So it's on, on the business, on the business page. I've created an event on there and that's where people can sign up and get their, secure their place. Great. Okay, brilliant. Laura, thanks very much. You're very welcome. Thank you. Interested in finding out what your health IQ is? Jump on our website, bodyshopperformance.com and click on Take the Test. And it'll take you through to a very short two to three minute health IQ test. At the end of that, you'll get a scorecard based on your results and a free 39 page report built all around our six signals, which are sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. So jump on the website, bodyshopperformance.com, and take our test. Finally, thanks for listening to this show. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard and it's added value to you, share the episode with someone you think could benefit from it. And don't forget to leave a rating, a review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.